Well, welcome everybody to Downtown Harbor Church. If it's your first time here, my name is John, lead pastor. Appreciate you guys coming on out. Today's a great day to be with us. We are kicking off this brand new series that we are calling Not Today Satan. Um, let's pull it up for them. Not Today Satan. And all month long, we are going to be doing one thing and one thing only. We're going to just focus all of our attention on temptation. I want to talk about what it is, how it impacts our lives. And most importantly, I want to look and what God has to say and what God has, the tools that he's going to give us so that we can all say, not today, Satan, right? Now, when speaking of temptation, I think it's important from the outset to kind of just let everybody know that temptation looks different for everybody. It, it is not a one-size-fits-all kind of a thing. What you struggle with, I might not struggle with. What I struggle with, you might go, how is it even a struggle for you? What, what, I don't understand. Okay, so as we proceed in this conversation today and over the next few weeks, you're going to have to adapt what I say and what we read and the examples we use to kind of meet your own personal needs because it's going to look different for all of us. But we all struggle with something. For some of us, that might be alcohol, right? Now, Scripture is very clear. There's nothing wrong with alcohol. We've done sermons on this. If, if you want to hear those, come find me later. I'll, I'll show you where to look. But when alcohol takes over your life, that's a problem. When you can't seem to say no to alcohol and it's, and it's impacting your career and it's impacting your family and your health and your faith, that's an issue, right? For others, maybe it's honesty that you struggle with. You just seem to lie for no reason, right? And you don't even know why you do it. You just do it. And you're at a place where you don't even know what the truth is anymore. Others of you might struggle with food. Now, maybe you just can't seem to say no to food, okay? It's, it's just a constant battle with your weight. Maybe it's uh, a sugar addiction. Maybe it's, it's at the opposite end of the spectrum for you, and it's, and it's bulimia or, or it's anorexia. Whatever the case may be, food in all its various forms and, and can be a massive temptation for folks. Others of you, maybe it's spending, okay? You're in dead up to your eyeballs, and yet for whatever reason, you continue to spend and spend and spend and spend. Now, here's the thing. You say to yourself, I need to stop, right? This is, this is like, I got to save some money. We got to put a budget in place. But, oh, would you look at that? It's on sale, right? And like, right, you know what I mean? And like, honestly, I know eh, I shouldn't buy it, but it's on sale. And that's a really good deal. So, like, I'm just going to buy it right now, okay? Now, here's a seemingly innocent one. And I think we all struggle with this, our cell phones, okay? We're addicted to it. Right? I mean, as soon as you come to a red light, you pull that bad boy out. If you haven't already pulled it out, it's constantly in our faces. My wife and I will be eating dinner, and it's this constant temptation to kind of reach for our phones to see what's happening so that, you know, we can talk to other people and not ourselves. And we, we wonder why we sort of as a culture have a hard time connecting to people. It's those phones. And while we're on the subject of phones, let's just talk about the struggle many of us have with social media. Now, listen, I love social media. Okay, I don't post, I lurk, I look, okay? uh, I, I'm, I love TikTok, I don't care that China's in my phone, have at it. Whatever you want, it's your, I just want to see those, okay? I love social media, but I hate what it's done to people. Some people are just addicted to it. And they don't really even know that they are. I mean, it's gotten to a place where some folks can't do anything in life without publicly documenting it because they live for the likes. I got to have the likes. I got to have the likes, right? It's an addiction. Every new purchase, post it. New haircut, post it. 
vacation, got to post it. I legitimately know a person, and I'm not lying because I would never lie to you. I legitimately know a person who posts pictures of his paycheck. Dear Lord, deliver me. Okay, here's the deal. Everybody is struggling with something. All of us face temptations that are either causing us to sin or are causing us to be pulled away from the kind of life that God wants us to be living. Now, Paul says something amazing, and it's going to be the driving text for the rest of this series. He says this in 1 Corinthians. So be careful, right? That's always a good one. Be careful. When you think you're standing firm, you might fall. You are tempted in the same way all other human beings are. Like we said, everyone is tempted, but it all looks different, right? Everyone looks, everybody's temptation looks different for them. Now, look what Paul says next. God is faithful. I love this. Even though we are faithless, or let's give the benefit of the doubt, even though we are sometimes faithless, God is always faithful to us. Now, how is he faithful to us? Paul says this. He will not let you be tempted any more than you can take. Let me pause, because I just saw this this morning, and I wanted to put this up. He will not let you be tempted any more than you can take. I think this is where so many people have gotten the idea that God will never give you more than you can handle. He didn't say that. The whole point of the Bible is that life is more than you can handle. That's why Jesus came here, right? He will not let you be tempted any more than you can take, but when you are tempted, God will give you a way out. Then you'll be able to deal with it. Every time there is temptation, and you might not like to hear this, but this is actually good news. Every single time there is a temptation in your life, God will always give you a way out. Every time you're tempted to do something that is harmful to yourself, harmful to others, that will hurt the heart of God, that will, that will lead you away from God's best. Every single time, he will always give you a way out. So what exactly is temptation? See if we can kind of get a definition that we can work with. It's one of those words that has a, a number of definitions to it, really. I could say that temptation is that which leads you to sin. But sometimes we are tempted to do things that are not sin, right? Rather, they just kind of lead us away from, from what is best. Like, for example, if you can't say no to sugar, that's not a sin, right? It might not be great for your health, particularly if you have diabetes. Now, we'll say this, okay, after the sermon, like today, nobody took any of the cookies out front. I'm just, I'm just right? everybody, like, tell, like, Lord's working in this church, but you can have cookies today, right? They really put a lot of time in it. So grab a cookie on the way out, you'll be fine. Okay, so temptation, I'm serious. There's so many cookies left over. So temptation leads us to sin. It can also lead us away from what God's best is in our life. But if I could give one overarching kind of one-size-fits-all definition of temptation, I would say temptation is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. Temptation whispers into our ears, oh, you're going to like this, right? like men's warehouse. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it, right? You're not, okay? Now, it's gonna <laughs> trust me. Uh, it's going to make you feel good, right? It's going to make you feel better. It's going to make your life more meaningful. It promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. Now, according to scientists, right, they, so saying no to temptation is particularly hard for humans because when you give it to temptation, your brain releases dopamine. Dopamine's nice. Right? We like dopamine. That's what makes you feel good. It's like a little hit. 
right? A little buzz, a little, little thrill. And so you may be the person that's in debt, but oh, look at that shirt. I need that shirt. And you buy it and boom, a little splash of dopamine. And you are feeling good, which means your brain actually rewards you when you cave into temptation and you feel satisfied and you feel good. And then what happens? It wears off. And it's followed by, I shouldn't have done that. I, I feel, I, you know what, I feel bad about doing that. And there's guilt, and there's regret, and there's shame. And then you do it again. <laughs> and it's just, that's that temptation sin cycle. It just, that's, that's how we get caught into it. So what I want to do with the remainder of our time today is I just want to build a foundation for this series. Every week is going to build in the week prior. We're going to be going on a journey. And so I just want to set us up for the weeks to come. And I want to give us just four simple truths, shall we say, about temptation that we can refer to in the weeks to come. So the first thing about temptation is this. It is not a sin to be tempted. I want to kick off with this one because this is just like a big problem. It is not a sin to be tempted. Now, I know it feels like a sin when you are tempted, right? I know it feels like a sin. And it is true that temptation can lead you to sin, but temptation in and of itself is not a sin. Let me show you why I know this. The author of Hebrews says this about Jesus. For we do not have a high priest, speaking of Jesus here, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted, there it is, in every way just as we are. Yet, he did not sin. In other words, when Jesus walked this earth 2,000 years ago, he was tempted just like I was, just like you are, in every possible way, whatever that even looks like, I don't know. And I would argue that he was probably tempted worse than we ever were. He wasn't just skating through life, okay? My man literally had Satan show up trying to tempt him. I don't think Satan showed up in your life yet, right? You're just dealing with donuts or whatever. Now, here's why this is so important. Jesus knows what it's like to struggle with temptation. And often I think we feel like God doesn't understand what we're going through. But he does. According to scripture, he was tempted every way we were. So he knows what it feels like. He knows how strong that hold can be that we call temptation. But unlike us, he never gave into it, which means he never sinned, which means that temptation in and of itself is not a sin. Here's why that's important to know. Satan's going to come along, and he's going to try to use temptation to make you feel false guilt. For example, scenario. Let's say for you, the, your issue is alcohol, okay? Here's a scenario. You wanted that drink. Bad. So much so that maybe you even drove to the liquor store. And you looked at the bottle, and you picked it up. But what'd you do? You said no. And you put it back and you walked away. Maybe you kind of got into it with your spouse a little bit. But instead of yelling and instead of escalating it, you held your tongue and you walked away. Now here's the thing. Instead of celebrating that small win, you felt guilty. Instead of praising God that you resisted that temptation, you beat yourself up. And you judge yourself for a temptation that you didn't fall for. You beat yourself up even though you didn't take that drink. 
right? You beat yourself up because you thought about yelling even though you didn't. You beat yourself up because, I don't know, you thought about looking at porn, but you didn't. And rather than thanking God that you escaped temptation as narrow as that escape may have been, all you can think about is, well, I shouldn't have even. I, sh- I shouldn't have even. I shouldn't have even thought that. I shouldn't have even felt that. Oh, I'm a terrible person because I was even tempted to do X or Y or Z. I'm worthless. I'm hopeless. I'm bad. Stop. That's the enemy talking to you. If he couldn't get you to actually fall for the temptation, he's going to come around behind you and try to get you with false guilt. Temptation in and of itself is not a sin. Not today, Satan. Second truth about temptation. You are never above temptation. And when I say you, I mean you. No matter who you are. How much education you have, how much money you have, or how long you've been a follower of Jesus Christ, you are never above temptation. I mean, if Jesus was tempted, who do you think you are? Paul says this, so be careful. When you think you're standing firm, you might fall. Not only does Satan attack our weaknesses, but he exploits our strengths because we let our guards down. It's why you always see these stories about, you know, oh, this guy was a great family man. man. Loved his family, loved his wife, would do anything for them. And then he goes and does something dumb and blows the whole thing up. Why? He got overconfident in his strengths. I see all these stories coming out about pastors having an affair, and I'm like, what is going on? They thought they were above temptation, and they let their guard down. Now, before we judge all those folks, here's an uncomfortable truth. Everyone is capable of the most egregious sin, given the right conditions, given the right environment. It's just our nature. And so if you find yourself saying, I would never do that, watch yourself, okay? Be careful when you think you're standing on firm ground, Scripture says, because you might fall. Because if you get cocky, if you let your guard down, you start relying on your own strength, buckle up, mon ami, okay? Pride cometh before the fall. So it's not a sin to be tempted. You are not above temptation. Number three, God will never tempt you. Big one, okay? This is something I see folks get confused on all the time. All the time I hear folks going, ooh, God's tempted me this week. (laughs) He is really, did you ever say that? If you are being tempted, let me let you, it ain't God, okay? Now, God will test you, but he will never tempt you. What is the difference? It's more than just semantics. If you can remember back when you used to be like in high school, okay? Some of us, that's a long time ago. At the end of the year, you had final exams. Now, what was the point of those tests, other than to, you know, ruin your life? It was to see how much you've grown, to see how much you've learned, but most importantly, with the purpose of promoting you to the next grade. God will test you to move you forward. Satan will tempt you to pull you backwards. James, who is the brother of Jesus, said this. And remember, when you're being tempted, Do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. So where do temptations come from then? Well, according to James, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away, and then these desires give birth to sinful actions, 
And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Now we hear this word death, and we're like, it's a bit dramatic, James. Right? I mean, like, come on. But the Bible's very clear. Sin kills sin. When sin shows up, something always dies, and every single person in this room at some level has seen sin kill something. Maybe you've seen sin kill a marriage. Maybe you've seen sin kill finances. Maybe you've seen sin kill a relationship between family members. I have seen sin absolutely destroy self-esteem. Sin is insidious. It affects every aspect of the world that we live in. And according to scripture, the wages of sin, meaning what sin earns you, the wages of sin is death. So if sin is that dangerous, which it is, that means that every temptation should be an invitation to depend on Christ. Every time you are tempted to do whatever is disobedient to God, whatever it is, right? Every time you're tempted to do something that would lead you away from God's best for your life is an invitation to lean on and depend on Jesus because in our own human nature, we don't always have the ability to say no. Here's the last thing about temptation. There's always a way out. There's always a way out. No matter what you are facing in your life, no matter how massive and scary that sin may be, no matter how small and annoying it is, but like everybody knows it has you in its grip, whatever it is that you are struggling with, God will always, always, always give you a way out. Remember what Paul said, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted any more than you can take, but when you are tempted, which means it's going to happen, God will give you a way out. Then you'll be able to deal with it. So, what will your way out be? I don't know. But God does. And he has a way out for you. Now I'll tell you this, I've seen a number of way outs in my time in ministry, and I can tell you that for some of you, maybe your way out is confessing it to God. Scripture says this, people who conceal their sins, like hide them away, will not prosper. But if they confess and they turn from them, they'll receive mercy. So maybe your way out, is just getting before God and saying, Lord, I'm struggling. Okay, I'm not telling you something that you don't already know, but I am here to admit it. I have a problem, and I am struggling, and I know that I have sinned against you, and, and I, you know, I've sinned against my family, and I need your help. Now, John says this, but if we confess our sins, he will forgive our sins. That's a guarantee. Why? because we can trust God to do what's right, okay? He will cleanse us from all the wrongs we have done. So take that struggle, take that temptation, take that sin that's holding you back and lay it at God's feet. Confess it to God. Maybe some of you, your way out, maybe you need to confess your struggles to somebody else. James said this, admit your faults. Other translations say confess your sins. I, I feel like this is better for us. Admit your faults to one another and pray for each other. Here's why. So that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and wonderful results. It might mean that you need to take a big risk and go to somebody that you love 
and trust who you know has your best interests in mind and say, I'm going to tell you something that I've never told anybody before. I need help. I don't, I don't want to be like this. Would you pray with me? Would you come alongside me in this battle? Now, why is confession to God and confession to others so important as a first step in, in conquering temptation and sin? Well, it's because sin grows in the dark. Sin wants to stay hidden. But when you grab that sin and you drag it out into the open and you expose it to the light of day, it begins to lose its power and hold and grip on you. And Satan wants nothing more than for you to hide away in your sin and in your struggles and in your shame. He would love nothing more than to put you on a shelf where you can no longer help anybody and be a service to God. But not today, Satan. Invite God into your battle. Invite others into your battle. Maybe some of you, your way out is through therapy. Maybe you need to speak to a professional. Now, here's the strangest thing. I don't know where this started. I don't know, but there are a lot of Christians out there who think that they shouldn't need a therapist. That's the enemy whispering in your ear. That is the enemy trying to prevent you from getting the help that you desperately need. You wouldn't say that about a cardiologist. You wouldn't say that about an oncologist. So why is your mental health any different? God blessed this world with doctors and maybe your way out that he is giving you might be therapy. Lastly, many of you, your way out might be through rehab. In fact, I know many at DHC are in recovery as we speak. And if you are in recovery, I am so glad that you are here today and I am so glad that you are in recovery. You are exactly where you need to be. But listen to me, make no mistake about it. You are now officially on Satan's radar because he sees you trying to better your life. And so he's going to come hard for you. And so you need to lean on Jesus more than you ever have in your entire life. And we are here to support you in that process. So no matter what your struggles are, because they are diverse. When it comes to temptation, we often find ourselves saying, I am so weak. John, I hear what you're saying. And I would love nothing more than to say, not today, Satan. But I'm so weak. It's why I keep doing what I know I shouldn't be doing. It's why I keep doing what I don't want to be doing. I am so weak. Let me tell you something. You are weak. We are all weak. But Paul recognized something paradoxical about our weakness. He said, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Why? Because only then do we truly rely on God and not ourselves. Folks, Satan is out to get you. Scripture is clear about that. Your human nature is out to get you. Your desires are out to get you. got enemies on the outside. you got enemies on the inside. But Jesus is more powerful than any wrong desire that seeks to bring you down. When we are weak, we are vulnerable to give in. But the good news is this. When we are weak, Christ's strength is made perfect within us. That's why every temptation is an invitation to depend on Christ. Every single time you find yourself being tempted, God is inviting you 
to trust in and depend on and to lean on Jesus. So what's practical? What do you do with a message like this? If it's your first time here, every single week, we put this word on the screen because we want to make sure you can leave on a Sunday and know exactly what to do with what you've heard. So my goal for today was just to build a foundation for this series. Like I said, every week is going to build on the week prior. And so I want our practical to get us ready for this journey that we're all going to be taking in the month of March. And so here's what I would love for you to do this week. A little homework in preparation. I would love for you to just identify the problem areas in your life. What are some of the obvious temptations and struggles that you deal with? If you don't know, ask God to reveal them to you. He will. And if you don't think you have any, let me tell you what your problem is, pride. For me, and I'm sure I'll talk about this in the upcoming weeks, one of my biggest temptations is worry. I constantly have to fight the temptation to worry. Others of you, maybe it's anger. Maybe it's envy. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Whatever it is, identify it. Put a name to it. And then maybe be so bold as to write it down on a piece of paper. And bring that paper in your pocket next week. I'm not going to ask you to do anything with it, to show anybody. I would love to have it on your person. And before you come next week with your list of temptations and your list of struggles, I would challenge every single one of you to invite God into this journey. Lord, it's been long enough. This has been going on for a long time. And I want to be set free from this. Can you lead me? Will you guide me? Will you empower me in this journey to overcome temptation? Let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that we have the opportunity to gather together today just to study your word and to talk about an issue that impacts every single one of us. It has been a problem since day one of humanity and it hasn't slowed down since. Every single one of us, Lord, is tempted tempted to sin, tempted to live in a way that you haven't called us to live that would, that would draw us away from the best that you would have for us. And Lord, I want to invite you into this journey that we're going to be taking, and I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would put a spotlight into our hearts and show us what is really going on and what displeases you, Lord, and what is bringing us down and causing us to sin, and I pray that you would challenge us and help us to pull it out, to live a different life, a better life, and God, for those of us in this room who are just struggling in a real, real way, I pray, God, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would touch them. You would protect them. And that they might be able to say, not today, Satan, because of Jesus Christ. And we ask all this in your name.